episode is sponsored by Pop Culture Gourmet Popcorn at popculturepops.com. That's pops with a Z. Because to be white in 1963, and I would argue still today, is to have the luxury, the privilege, if you will, of not having to know black and brown truth. You can be oblivious to the reality of people of color and suffer no consequence. Very, very segregated country. Millions of white Americans live in places where they rarely see anyone of a different race. You're listening to Your Neighborhood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversations, specifically about race. Do your thing, Christina and Jackie. You ready? I am ready. Hello, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> we were having some mic trouble, so it like threw me off. I've said hello, it's Christina a few times now. Yeah. So, hello, it's Christina. And Jackie. <laughs> and we're your neighbor's hood. Yes, and Bruce is walking around. Yes, absolutely. He's always in our hood. He's looking for some snacks. Which I love. I'm and there are no snacks back here, Bruce. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> he don't care. Bruce don't care. We all Hashtag know this. Bruce don't care. All right, so what's in your... Let's get in your hood. What's good in my hood is... It's been a really solid, productive kind of week for me. Um... Uh, late last week, I got the opportunity to do one of my first official uh, like mob duties. So I've been trying to get my civic organization, Mob Mamas on the Block, off the ground. Just want to make sure that it's right. Um, and then and building a network because it's supposed to be a network for moms. Oh, that's cool. So that I don't think any parent should ever show up to a school by themselves. And I think that as mothers that we have to kind of take back the matriarchy I love that. in a sense of being the mama on the block. Yeah. Because that's what I feel like I do. So I got to be a mama on the block and go to school with another mother. And it was really great. And yeah. it was really outstanding. And I was like, yes, I'm here. And I am just a part of the village. And the teachers kind of smiled. And I thought, hmm. So I had to sign paperwork saying that her mom's like, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can, can sign. You can, that I could be in the meeting and hear all oh, her wow. educational on behalf information. Of her mom. Yeah. yeah, not on behalf, but with her. Oh, that's cool. Because I think we should show up as a team. So that was a really great experience. And just, um, and seeing the mom's reaction to was really a great experience I, I think bet. it was just it was kind of emotional you know when you have people like we should have each other's backs yeah and showing up as like, a village you say village is a verb is a verb and we'd be like doing that. it yeah um what else what else what else oh oh friday i because i had the meeting on thursday with the mob duties friday um i typically or excuse thursday I typically go read books to this one class so i went in on a friday instead of a thursday and so i could tell it was a friday for the teacher because she was just like whatever you want to do <laughs> end of the week that, she's tired it. yeah it was the I cutest thing ever that. so she let me read a book and the kids were like you know can we read can you read another book and i was like oh that's so to your teacher and she's like whatever and I read a book <laughs> one book turned into the globe we were going all over the globe and I was showing them all the places that I went and which turned into like I had I was literally in the classroom for two hours oh my goodness the teacher like, probably needed that respite oh. though she probably loved it you yeah, know she was like any time I, I, was like, I will see you next Thursday yeah but it was really fun to see them ask questions about you know, where I've traveled in the world and um, 
talk about what the, you know, I'm so glad they have a globe in their classroom. They're like excited me. You let us go. like, yeah, yeah. Start at young. Yeah, at kinder. This is a kindergarten. He has a kindergarten oh, wow. class. That's great. So it was really, it was so much fun. And then the kids love to tell you how smart they are and you have to like agree. <laughs> That's so cute. One little girl, this is the cutest thing you'll laugh. One little girl was like, my mom lives in that that place, the green one with the R. And the teacher's the looking at me. green one with the R. It was Russia. Oh. And so, I was like, oh, your mom lives in Russia? She was like, yes. And then later on, we're still talking. She was like, my house is in um, the, one, the one right there with the C is in China. I said, that's completely plausible if your mom lives in Russia. Because you know Russia. Yeah. I was like, that is so. She's smart. Well, if her mama lives in Russia and her house is in China, and she's able to get to the United States every day. Yeah, amazing. How does that work out? (laughs) You don't ask questions. You just go. I know. (laughs) You're making me crack up. That's so cute. I love it. It is cute. It was. They're funny. That like spent my Friday. That that highlighted my Friday. And then Thursday night, I guess I didn't say this, is that I got to lead my first Civic League. Oh, that's cool. The first Civic League meeting, which was um, nerve-wracking, but also very, like, it's like, yes, like, this is how you, it's almost me, it's me establishing the way that I do business, which is, and the way that I want to do business on a daily basis, which, again, is nerve-wracking, but I was like, I'm glad that we got the first one out of the way, so that, because there are some growing pains but i love civic organizations yeah and, and you're gonna be a good leader committed yeah to having a team that's great i love to be under your leadership it's your good leader you some skills some, some days days. <laughs> some days. <laughs> how about you what's good well, you're well, making good. me feel terrible because mine's so boring but it's like really good we cleaned all weekend yeah Clean my house. I wasn't doing as many civic things as you all week. I had an off week last week, but then this weekend, I just, it felt really good. Like, I cleaned my baseboards deep clean. Girl, can you say it's safe to say that yes. what's good in your hood, is it? it's relevant to what's good in your hood? Yeah, that's true. It's very good in my hood because I've, like I always, everyone knows I have cats, and so mm-hmm. there, there's just so much cat hair. Makes me regret getting them sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> no, but it just felt really good. Like, we took Saturday and Sunday to just clean, and then my husband's redoing our bathroom. Yeah. And so he's getting closer to being finished. Yeah, I am so grateful. We have to show pictures. I will, because I yeah, that's a great idea. Because honestly, it's been a long time coming. I will say this: being a homeowner is difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> Makes me want to cry a little bit because like all the money that we would use just to I don't know do normal things like go out to dinner or the movies, we don't do that anymore. Like it all goes straight <laughs> to the house because I'm like you know we had to put up a wall and Clay's like well I need a nail gun for that that's a hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like all these little things. I'm like, oh, this hurts. <laughs> so, well, you know, if you don't want to purchase some things, there's always things in our basement. Oh yeah. Don't tell him. I keep don't thinking forget about that. Thank that you. There's I always stuff. Tap into my resource. We're always here. Yeah. Thank you. I probably. And you know, I was gonna say you have to. You don't have to. You don't have to go to your neighbor's hood. You can go to Christina's hood. At- See Kimbra one. Yeah. And she's always giving updates. I am. I love giving. I know. I love outfit of the day and my house. Yeah, I give updates on my house and my cats. And if you want to know more about the cats. Yeah. A sailor and skipper. They have their own Instagram. (laughs) I am truly a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) My cats have their own Instagram. Keep it up with Christina. Yeah, exactly. You can do that. But it was good. I feel really good because now my house, I'm like, oh, my house is like really cute under this layer of dust. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know it's been bad when like you know you just look around and you're like oh this place is kind of nice because <laughs> <laughs> like Michael and I live like we're very um we are super clean and we'll do super well with keeping up with laundry and dishes and mm-hmm. stuff and then but then we fall off and then it's like bad you know what yeah. I mean like then you hey. have to make up for the you live Yes. You claim, you live. Yes. You live some more, you claim. Yes, that's exactly what you it is. You live, you claim. That's exactly what it is. My grandma would not like it because she was always like, just put it away. Do everything wrong right when you're done. That perfect, had the house yeah. perfect all the time. Sounds like my With husband. 20, yeah, with 20 kids. Like she was a day, she had a daycare and had children and the house was always clean. I don't get it. Anyway, but it feels good. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. We'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> Well, this list of what we went yeah, through could this, last forever. This could last forever. You're always good at those transitions. <laughs> but it could. It's a long list. Um, we talk about spending your privilege. Well, how to talk about your yeah, privilege. How to use it. And how to use it. How to bring yeah. it up with your friends. So we were kind of talking about how do we, we're always trying to figure out how do we make it, things work for mm-hmm. everybody. So yes. There's something for everybody. If you're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to have that conversation, like yeah. you said, here, here's a great conversation to get your conversation started. Yeah. On the flip side. On the flip side, how to spend it. So once the conversation's been brought up, how do you spend it? Because I feel like I get that question a lot is like, okay, I have white privilege. Great. Thanks. But like, now what do I do with it? You know yeah. what I mean? Like I get that I have it, but is there any way for me to um, use it? And if so, how? So that's really what we talk about. Today. Yeah. And I get that. So what do we want them to do with it? Yeah, because people, we point it out all the time. And, and it's like, we're not trying to make you feel bad for having white privilege. It is what it is. But if you have it, can you be aware of it and then effectively use it? Yeah, and can you be not support? I don't know if the word is supportive, but can you be an advocate to your white friends or European American friends that want to spend their privilege and support them in having that conversation of using right. it for the best of your your neighborhood, your neck of the woods? Yeah. Yeah, so this was an important one. It came up after our, we did our first one, and then it yeah. was like people were asking me, like, "Well, that's great, Christina, but how do I talk so about what it?" Now what? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly it. Like we ended. So this up, is so. our so what now what from last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a little bit extended. Yes. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed. Yeah, this and yeah. Please and let us know if you guys have a way that you want to add to that our list. Yeah. Let us know. Comment. Tell us. Oh, and don't forget to rate. Review and subscribe. Subscribe, all that good stuff. Yep. And if you just join the neighborhood, hello. Yeah, welcome to welcome, the neighborhood. Welcome, as we grow our little neighborhood. Yes. Our block is getting longer. It is bigger and bigger. We're gonna have to start a homeowners association. Oh no. Boo. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Just kidding. All right, guys. Drop in. <laughs>
great. So now I have all these ways that I have privilege. <laughs> and now I'm aware of it. Yeah. But like now what do I do with it? True. Like, and it's almost called like, I don't know how you feel about the word ally, but it's kind of like being an ally. It's similar to being an ally. You know? I don't have any feelings either way. Some people don't like it. I don't know yeah. why they don't like it, but I know it's, it can be a testy or touchy word. Hmm. I like it. I mean, I think, you know, I, I do agree you don't get to name yourself an ally. I think that comes with the community that you're helping. That yeah. they should be the ones. Yeah, I mean, they're the ones that say you're helping or what you're doing, what you're helping. I think as an ally, <clears throat> and this kind of goes into what we are going to talk about is like the privilege. You have to know the community that you're looking to True. ally with. You know what I mean? And you have to understand, you can't speak for them. So that really, so I, can I go into my first one? Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay. So allies work continuously, should work continuously to develop an understanding of the personal and institutional experiences of the people they are aligning themselves with. Mm -hmm. So that goes into knowing policy, that knows goes into knowing the lived experience, that goes into just reading online, that's really like engaging with people that you want to work with. And this can, I mean, this isn't just, we talk about race, but it can go with LGBTQ, it can be anyone, man, men have male privilege, mm -hmm. so it's getting to know the lived experience of the people you want to help. Yeah, I think that's important in a sense of, um, well, it's, well, it's interesting in a sense because it said what getting to know the people, the institutions, what else? Personal and institutional experiences of the people who you're aligned with. Right. So in a sense, getting to know how these people interact with these things that are set up. Right. That the institutions, yeah, which I that, love. That are stacked up against them. And I don't know that there's a way to do that outside of uh, to truly know in your little ecosystem how it how it affects people of color and or that don't look like you outside of having those real conversations with with people. yourself and yeah so that's something that they say so a practical way to do that is you have to ask yourself questions so how would I be experienced now if I were of color would I be listened to would I be getting the support I am getting now um and how would my life in this organization be different if I were not this is white, male, heterosexual, mm -hmm. whatever. So basically flipping it on its head and saying, what would my actual experience be like? Mm -hmm. And thinking that through, because then, then it makes you aware of, wow, it may be completely different. There may mm -hmm. be not be laws in place yeah. that are protecting me. I think I read something. It was like 30 states. Basically you could get fired for being trans, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that's not race, but still it's an example of what we're talking about. Like, there are laws in place that don't benefit or don't protect minorities. Yeah, I know. I mean, either you do that work or, like I said, you have to get to know people that are affected by these things. And not that they'll ever really matter to a person, a European-American person, but if you're in the business of spending your privilege, then why not? Yeah. Why not have that conversation? Why not get it's conversation with people and this conversation with yourself? Mm -hmm. Yep. So what I would say is part of that is is so as we talk about spending privilege, um, I don't believe that everybody's going to understand or wrap their mind around privilege or see their. Not I'm not saying everybody. Every European American is going to wrap their mind around privilege and say, you know what, I have privilege or I see what it means or I I, I want to know how to spend it. So if you're listening, like I don't, it doesn't matter how I spend it, then 
then one thing I hope that you can get on board with is that there are things that have um, absolutely, not absolutely, but have to deal with your privilege that I think anybody can get behind. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't matter what your beliefs are about the racial injustice that happened in our community, the um, how our how our how America was built. Um, that you there are still policies because again I'm coming from the standpoint of spending your privilege to me means doing real action and for me real action is socio-political action right mm-hmm. and some of that is grassroots things some of that is um is a, a state level things some of that is federal things I think there's a place for everybody on every level to affect influence or affect the very thing that influences and affects every last one of us yeah which is policy which is which is policy so um i would encourage anyone listening whether you are european american or not to find um your thing Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're thing. And if it is a matter of you're coming to this conversation revolving around um, solving injustices, then look at that thing and see if it is held up or was established by those said injustices <laughs> or simply because it wanted, it was meant to oppress a people or keep certain people away from the table, whatever right. that looks and that, like. And that's exactly what I'm saying is like knowing how to ask the right questions. Yeah. So like that goes to exactly what you're saying. I'm saying doing, doing it for yourself, but then you could use those exact same questions to examine policy, to examine your local laws, to examine yeah. criminal justice reform, whatever issue Wherever you walk in spaces, ask is it, ask yourself, is this equal to everyone? Yeah. Does everyone have equal access? Is everyone treated equally here? Or do you, yeah, is the law, is the law, and I'm For everyone. everyone. Is, yeah. it, is it fair? And know that us saying spend your white privilege or acknowledge your white privilege isn't just a sense of trying to make yourself feel less guilty for, yeah. or, or establishing some level of guilt. It is establishing a level of action right. for those things that you are. So I agree with that one that that there, there, there's something to be said in spending your privilege in getting to know people's real experiences with the real things that affect every last one of us. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah you have to get to know people individually. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to tell one or I have one? No, I just... Go ahead. You can go with your next one. Okay, so my next one is a, a line... Okay, wait, wait, wait. No. Okay. So... Allies should believe in that it is in their interest to be allies and are able to talk about why this is the case. So talking clearly about having a privilege, um, having the privilege and be able to step in this is an important educational tool for others with the same privilege. So basically this is saying like you have privilege, acknowledging it to people, other people that have privilege that aren't Mm -hmm. aware of it. Does that make sense? And that's, yeah, it's like a practical way. So there's a lot of us. So saying that you have white privilege is not popular. I've done it. It's it's awkward. Yeah. People more often than not fight me on it. So it's being able as I'll use the word ally. That's just you know this work. I think ally is a good word. Oh, so anyway, yeah. yeah. So I think as an ally, you should talk to people that don't agree with you. Right. So bring it to the table, and it's not harping on it. It's just it, and it's not pushing it down people's throats, but it's saying, hey, I have privilege. You do too, and here's why. Yeah. And I think it's also understanding that we don't need all of America to understand structural racism or white privilege to do things. Yes. 
too. Right. So, so it's like, even, <clears throat> even if you come to the table with a level of understanding and you outwardly say, you know what? Yeah, I have white privilege. That doesn't mean that everybody in the room or every person that looks like you is going to recognize or be able to see that and acknowledge that. Like not, that doesn't mean that they can't still do good work with you. Yeah, absolutely. They, they can. And um, should be held accountable yeah. to, or at least, and it's a personal journey. That's another one yeah. on here is that, um, it's basically, yeah, that you have to realize this is personal to you yeah. and that you're going to see white privilege show up in different ways constantly. Uh-huh. And you have to be willing to keep acknowledging it, keep acknowledging it and understand that we can still move forward yep. when people aren't acknowledging it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, because we'd never get anywhere if we if you are coming into we're this waiting conversation for everybody that everybody is going to acknowledge their fruit or feel like they have some sort of then yeah. we're not going to get anywhere we have to stop fantasizing the fact that everyone's going to come into this space uh, and give a damn yep. and then think that every single european american is going to show up and say yeah you know what i did it that privilege thing i got it that doesn't mean we can't you can't be a, a voice in still moving forward with those people that have not necessarily Yeah, and you may it. not understand it, but everyone's on a different journey to Absolutely. understanding it too. Yep. You know what I mean? So you don't have to completely you don't have to agree with everything we say to still to still try and understand it. And if you're starting to understand it, that's a way of using your privilege too. Yes. Like if, if, don't underestimate. I think sometimes we think we have to make these huge sweeping changes, mm-hmm. you know, be out there legislating or lobbying for a bill to be changed. But a lot of times, small changes in ourselves make a difference. Yeah. And it's a journey. And if it takes you longer to understand what white privilege is and how to spend it, that's okay too. Yep. It's not easy. This isn't easy. Nah. Because I feel that way even as I do this work. I'm like, what? This is hard. Yep. Like, how do I spend my privilege? And it's hard to find it in your everyday life. Yeah. So even if you're starting by just saying you're acknowledging it, then, so that's another one of, this goes in my next one. So you're able to articulate how various pa- patterns of oppression have served to keep us in privileged positions, exploring um, our roles as the oppressor. Yeah. And what have we done to oppress people, even if it's uncomfortable? Because yeah. I think that's like is a, goes to the tagline of what we talk about. Like this is uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what keeps it is uncomfortable to think that we may actually have partaken in oppressive policies or taken in an oppressive mm-hmm. society. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that goes. <clears throat> I would say we are speaking on white privilege, but that is all kinds of people taking part yeah. in policies and procedures and in um advantage of things that could be oppressive to another group of people yeah absolutely that's what so they're saying this is an example um they're saying that so i am a white woman and that's what they're using we have been given access and power to resources of white men because we are white you know what i mean so if white men put it this way if white men are mostly in power we can agree on that right things are changing but for throughout history mm-hmm. then i as a white woman have had i am closer to that power than you are sure does that make sense that makes sense and it sucks and it and it's hard for women to say especially it's hard to see if you say well i didn't grow this goes with the conversations but i didn't grow up with power i didn't grow i don't know anyone with power but we still were closer to the resource still closer to it than yeah. i am so one of the things that i would have is um that anybody do but specifically again we know that on most on most levels in most places the people with the majority of the um the resources 
the what, what are the word I'm looking for for the with the majority of the resources and um, wealth are European American, right? And so in your own backyard, a way to spend your privilege and or a way to be someone who steps away from these sort of oppressive policies is to look at how your police department fights crime. Yeah. So is it a, um, I mean, there's two different ways that they, they we call it either community um policing or it's called I think broken window policing. Oh I've heard that before. Yeah. So it's like um looking locally how does um your community fight crime and how does how do they deal with specifically drugs mm-hmm. is one of the larger pictures we talk about the war on drugs as a huge like this huge federal thing. Um but on a local level how you are doing those things in a sense of that is supporting is it is it supporting the divide or the removal of people of color from certain areas or the oppression of people of color in certain areas or is it not? Granted, I get the people that would say, you know what, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to spend my privilege on criminals. <laughs> but then even in that thinking in that way that if a community is policed more, then you are going to have more people going to jail. So again, getting to know if if you value the safety of your your city, of your township, of your village, then a part of that is understanding how it's policed yeah. and spending your privilege, if that's something that you're into. Yes. <laughs> so we had some technical difficulties. But I was just talking about picking your issue as it relates to being an ally. So we were talking about, you know, it's not practical to do all the things. You can't always advocate for every issue. But are you interested in criminal justice reform? Are you, you know, it depends or you know on what you're passionate about or what breaks your heart. Because mm-hmm. there's many ways to show up as an ally. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, you know, there's not just one clear-cut path, at least to me. I, I agree with that. So what's your next one? Um, my next one is, okay, oh, this is this is interesting. Allies, expect to make some mistakes, but don't use them as an excuse for inaction. So a lot of times, um, I think... At, I think what we get afraid of as allies is like we think we have to be perfect. We think we can't say anything wrong. Um, And what we have to realize is that being an ally is difficult and it can be difficult to figure out. But that doesn't mean you stop trying. Yeah. You know, because I think I've done it. I've made mistakes or put it this way. As you're learning to be an ally, you will do it wrong. (laughs) You're going to say something wrong. You may think, you know, you may come in as a white or as a uh, white savior because that's hard to do too. You know what I mean? We Mm -hmm. talked about what a white savior is in past episodes. Um, So be be open to learning. And I say that all the time in this journey. It is a journey. So stay curious, stay open about your own journey as an ally. Um, And I love that because it gives room to not be perfect. To not be perfect. Yeah. Because it's it can be hard because trying to find that perfect line between being a savior and being an ally is is hard. You know? So with this one, how would they be? Um, how is it spending your privilege? In what way is it spending? Your I don't know if it's spending your privilege. It's just being aware of that you may spend your privilege wrong, or you may say something that's wrong. So it's just really part of the work of of privilege in general. Um, and I just wanted to say this one because sometimes it says, you know, you can say something dumb or insensitive, but that doesn't mean that you get to back away from it. It's saying that even if you make a mistake, that doesn't mean that 
you quit or that inaction is an action is an is, is an, an option. option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That yep. makes sense. So it's like oh, so it says questioning how your perceptions might be different if you were not a member of a privileged group. Mm. So yeah, so at, it's just continually asking yourself those questions, <laughs> even in light of making a mistake. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. So what it says is no matter what it is that you choose to do, stay. Yeah, stay in the work. Stay in the work. Even though because it is hard, you do want to give up. I think I can't underestimate like I think understanding your privilege and then learning how to spend it. Look, we can tell you what to do, but it's also just a personal journey. You know what I mean? I don't think there's like a clear cut path that we can say do X, Y, and Z, do one, two, and three. These are just more like philosophical like ideas of ways you can spend your privilege. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So my next way I think to spend privilege, it's going to sound weird, but it's something that I firmly believe in. Um, And it is not, it is a, it is a issue that, directly influences and that I see in my own backyard um, children, non-white children, but also poor children. Mm. Um, If you want to spend your privilege, one of the best things that you can do for your neck of the woods is be a person who promotes literacy Mm. and actually has action towards literacy yeah. is the basis of what gives kids a, a leg up. We know that if children aren't able to read by the third grade, that is the number that they determine how many um, jails or prisons that they need to, beds that they need yeah, to have. Yeah, what Virginia school to pipe the school to prison pipeline is one of the greatest inequities that we have and we actually did an episode on this a while back about is literacy a constitution that's right is really looking at how how a child's ability to read affects their trajectory affects their outcome Mm -hmm. why do why do so many children quit school? Why are the dropout rates higher for non-white children than it is for white children or for poor children than it is? So this is one of those things is that we know that having a good school it's a privilege oftentimes. Yeah, it always is. It oftentimes. And so I don't think this is... So if you recognize that in, in your possible privilege, I'm saying possible because I'm hoping that you're walking towards whatever that looks like as a as a European American, are you concerned with the citizens that grow up and will soon will are you know be the leaders of our society? As a non-white person, are you concerned um, with the people that will grow older and eventually be yeah. the leaders of our society? And do you want that group of people to look? like America and if you want that people to look like America meaning there are non-white people there are poor people that have a wealth of knowledge and bring a lot to the table then you can in your own backyard promote literacy yeah I love that and I think it goes back to it's interesting our time on the campaign trail because so I think of a practical way to do this is voting for people that one that don't look like you but that promote like that are advocates for children, right? You know, because I think like you were saying, like the schools is a really big one. So even if you, again, I, you know, I don't have children, but I was, I'm passionate about understanding, you know, understanding who's on my ballot and using my privilege that Mm -hmm. way. Right. So like you, I looked at it as using my privilege as like trying to elevate, this is another one is elevate voices of 
people that don't look like you, right? So, like, yeah. elevating African-American women voices or any minority voice and, mm-hmm. like, kind of stepping back. You know what I mean, and 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 kind of saying I've had the I've had the microphone quite literally for a long time, um, and people that are listening to this ha- doesn't mean you specifically. We mean white people in general, because <laughs> um, I think what happens with white privilege is we look at ourselves, and mm-hmm. I, what I have to help white people do is kind of take it outside of the framework of it's not talking about your specific like it's talking about white people as a whole but anyway um yeah it's elevating voices of people that don't look like us and then paying attention when you go to the voting box yeah you know like is it are you voting now of course you should never just vote for someone because they're a minority like you obviously need to believe in that person and their platform but who are you voting for are you elevating voices of people that are not just white males Nothing wrong with a white male, but they've been in power for a long time. So I think you, I think that's one way to definitely spend your privilege. Yeah, definitely. And and we, you can say you can say what you will about um, the teenagers nowadays. You can say what you will about um, the parents of of nowadays. But fundamentally, on an educational level, I know. 100% that um, phonics is not a focus it, not a focus long enough in our education system and that's something that I firmly believe in that sets people up for success I see it in my own children mm-hmm. the extra work of making phonics something that is important will allow them to sometimes play on some of those fields that they weren't ordinarily able to be able to play on because they are able to articulate things they are able to take in information and grow and feed their minds mm-hmm. on a, in a land that may not necessarily be designed for their own success. Right. It's not. So it's like setting the kids up for success. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think part of if you if you got privilege and you don't you don't have children that you do still you do have a school that's zoned for mm-hmm. your area. Mm-hmm. And you do have a school board that you voted well if for us it's recently just voted for. Um but it even though you don't have children, it's a part of setting the next generation up for success and not saying that all the only good schools or the only good curriculum or the only places that will will really be um, uh, focusing on the success of our children are the ones where there are people that are European-American and wealthy. Right. And that happens very often. Yes. And I think because we live so segregated, we're not even aware that, of the privilege that we have. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I hear that a lot of like... You know, people that live in inner cities and then once they start having children, they move away to the suburbs because the school systems aren't good. Yeah. And remember, the word the word is a system and a system isn't just one or two schools, as I've learned. Yeah. You know, a system is a whole system. So you're only as strong as your weakest link. Right. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. So I like that. that's mine. Go ahead. What's your next one? Um. So. So. OK. So allies with privilege are responsible for sharing the lead with people of color and changing the organization and hold greater responsibility for seeing changes through to the conclusion. So this kind of goes like with the last one with what I was saying, but like if you are and so happen to be in power, right, it's your responsibility to speak up and say, especially like like candidates, okay, say you're a hiring manager. Mm -hmm. Do I have a diverse representative of the community? Do I, are there women, are there women of color that have applied? And if not, actually going out 
and recruiting that, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. to working toward diversifying your space. And if you're not a hiring manager, are you? do you have a relationship with that person? Can you say, hey, look, we don't have X, Y, and Z, or I don't see a diverse op- of opinions, or I don't see a diverse mm-hmm. community around me. What can we do about that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or, hey, we're not listening to the person of color in the room, or have we asked them for their opinion? Or do they even feel comfortable sharing their true opinions mm-hmm. about being a person of color in the workplace? Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of times, I think in the places that I've worked, maybe people, I can't speak for them, but maybe they didn't feel comfortable even bringing up their race issue. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was one, but be- the people in power were white so maybe they didn't feel comfortable to bring it up so maybe if I have privilege being the one mm-hmm. I'm not the voice for people of color I'm just saying but if I have access to power or a lot of times this happens we've talked about this like I believe we come from the place of that we can't change things without white people right I, I believe that I am a woman I need men to help me change get more equal right like that is what it is Uh so I think you know it takes sometimes it takes a white person speaking up right and Mm -hmm. because unfortunately sometimes white people in power won't listen to people of color Mm -hmm. so they'll only listen like we said this before you and I walk in very different spaces and the power of our podcast is that there is a segment of people that will only listen to me it sucks Mm -hmm. I'm not it's not everyone but there are people that that may not come like if you well we said this we talked about this is privilege you said something about you can't talk about racism but I can yeah and you know what I mean it, looking at that I'm looking for some sort of that's what I'm looking to get something yeah other than what I'm asking exactly for. So it's, yeah exactly yeah, whereas awesome. I can talk about racism and say hey did you see this did you and then white people would look at me some mm-hmm. and say oh my god I had no idea Whereas if you come and say it, so that's just a way to, another way to spend your privilege is to speak up and to share it with people that may, to share this message with people that you know may not be open to it. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, as a person who is looking at, you know, a particular, as looking at a European American with their privilege, I don't want you to see me. And I don't think that African American people or non-white people should see themselves as downtrodden or can't get anything. Absolutely. And I don't want it to come up like that. No, but I'm, I'm saying that in the sense of there is institutionally the way we're set up you've got to have people European American people that are willing to make the change too that's what I'm trying to say thank you like that's what you're saying but what I am also saying is that we are not to be pitied and not to be to um, we are not so helpless that there is nothing that we can do without European American people so I don't want people to get there because I've said it too is that you know what when when European American people say it's going to happen you know it ultimately ends up happening and that that is not a uh, take a, a um, to diminish the power of yeah. non-white people because we are very powerful people absolutely we are not the first people in history to be uh, oppressed or mm-hmm. to have setbacks and I truly believe the quintessential experience of being black is a struggle and part of that struggle is your strength and part of that strength is what I feel like makes a lot of you know black folks that I meet amazing people it's that struggle it's that story it's that sense of of grit but understanding that um that yes we do need that support but that doesn't stop the hustle like that doesn't stop the power of that your doesn't, community that doesn't yeah. stop that isn't that isn't you we don't you don't have to wait on again I'm like not fantasizing to think that every European American person is gonna be like yeah 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 and yeah, you yeah. don't need us to but you don't but, need us yeah. to don't we do, 
we for for certain change we absolutely do because we live in a, a democratic republic so that means that the people as a whole are going to change when you're coming from the stance that I am, that it is about policy change, that people as a whole have to be willing and ready to uh, support those changes. I mean, I look at what New York just did with not, they didn't want Amazon there, and the yeah. small group of oh, people yeah. were like, no, and they made it happen. So what I'm saying is that there's still power in and for the people, uh, but it is about not getting, um, it, it's not It's not about being outnumbered, it's about being out-organized, and I don't know who, um, as somebody said that, is that we just, you, you can't be out-organized. And that is going to require support from, I mean, not require, that support from both sides is required to organize. Yeah, right. It does require support. And it also, it, that is a good point for white people to realize on the other side of things. It's not that you guys aren't helpless and that you can't do it yourselves. It's just that it's like, the, it's when you communicate, sometimes there's an audience that will take the message better from a white person. True. You know, and honestly, I look at it as more of a partnership. Yeah. It's like, you go get the people over there, I get the people over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We joined, we have a picture of us holding hands and I really like look at it that way of like, it's joining hands and looking at each other and rallying the team. Like, all right, where are you going to make the change? Yeah, exactly. Where am I going to make the change? And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we do. You know, honestly, that's my last one. I think the, well, the only other one, um, and it kind of touches on what you were just saying, um, where you were talking about. But is and it goes back. I mean, a lot of this is just listening, um, understanding that because we don't see a colleague or a color being mistreated doesn't mean that daily race related experiences aren't occurring. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people think so. A part of white privilege is not having to see the plight of maybe plight's dramatic. Well, no plight of people of color, right? So um, use one way to use your privilege is to acknowledge that you don't have to see something for it to be going on. Yeah. You know, so like put it this way, I've gone through this, like male privilege is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had this conversation with my husband where I've said like, I can't walk alone at night. I'm afraid I can't. I don't like riding in elevators with men by myself. You know, all these different things. And I said, do you ever have to think about that? And he said, no. He's like, well, you, but these things have never happened to you. He said, you know, I've never seen a man do that to you. I've never seen a guy hit it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I said, just because you don't see it doesn't make it not happen. Right. And so that's part of his privilege and a way to spend your privilege is to be just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. True. I agree. So constantly keeping yourself aware of like, even if it's not showing up in your world, doesn't mean that it doesn't show up. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that it's not really one person's truth is not everyone's truth. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of like privilege is we know that's part of the privilege. So spending your privilege is being aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a lot of this is being aware. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that one really struck home with me cause I understood it being a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and unfortunately a lot of people walk, white people walk away from this conversation all the time because of that. And that's why if I could challenge my white listeners is that like, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And so I, my last one would be, um, a, a major way to spend privilege and a major way to uh, to gain access and opportunity because this is a both sides sort of deal is to look at um, your local boards, commissions, yeah. and authorities. And so one of the biggest one I think um, is probably the planning commission, right? Because that is that's who's doing like all of the uh, what's what is able to be. 
a built be built where and is you know providing feedback to the city council about what our city looks like how it's zoned um and and what that means for us that's a huge deal because when we talk about um the separation of 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 cities and we talk about this the degradation of resources and what that looks like and going in certain places it is everyday people that are making these sort of recommendations Mm -hmm. to our elected officials and in our town and specifically we are in Norfolk Virginia part of I think one of the biggest concerns with our boards commissioners authorities is that you have people that are able to be a part of these organizations but stay there Almost indefinitely. Yeah. And that goes to <laughs> yeah. and that goes to paying attention. That's exactly yes. what we were saying is like is asking the questions, who's in power? Why are they in power? How long have they been in power? Right. Whose interests do they have in mind? Do they have that do they have the interests of the whole community in mind? Yes, and as a whole community, we can look at city codes and we can see how they're written and say, huh, there's a certain demographic that fits this build and it obviously keeps out a certain and who's benefiting from the laws absolutely you know like yeah i mean truly who's benefiting from the laws i I can think locally you know we have some we have some apartments going in like mixed income housing but what does that look like for the people that have lived Mm -hmm. there for a long time who is it benefiting i love this story i've shared it before or i don't know if i shared on the podcast before but um I was having a conversation with a reporter in Cleveland, and Cleveland's been on the rise for a while. And, um, you know, he was saying, well, he, I said, Cleveland's doing great, and the people, and da da da. The reporter's like, who is it doing great for? Mm-hmm. So, this is part of that is literally, he was doing it. He was mm-hmm. using his privilege by asking himself, who, and I was like, I don't know. What do you mean? And he's like, well, our child poverty rates are still where they are. Our schools are still a mess. So, yes, LeBron's here. Yes, we're getting all these skyscrapers, all these things. But who is that benefiting? White millennials. You know what I mean? So it just it goes to asking yourself, like we can look in Norfolk. Okay, Norfolk is getting better, is attracting more people. But does that mean that the average person that's lived there or, exactly, or the communities that are historically poor or whatever, are they, are we all rising? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Are we all rising? Um, and sometimes that's not the case. Yeah, and is opportunity, is the, yeah, the, thank you. Op, the opportunities are there, but right. is the access for everyone. Right. And so, again, for me, it is really about picking your poison. An example for me is I'm a veteran. And I am passionate about veterans' issues to a fault, in a sense, to where sometimes the issues are so egregious with certain things that it stifles me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just yeah. don't. It's like you don't see a means to an end, right? When we talk about the huge VA system as a whole, but then when I look in my own backyard and I see as a social entrepreneur that I... My veteran, you're a military spouse, yep. that there could be more opportunities for more us being in it. Yep. There, there are opportunities, right? But you're right. But the access. But when I look at something like um, the Military Economic um, Commission, and it says the chairperson has to be a retired flag general um, and shall not exceed the term limit appointed by counsel, which is... Wow. So when I think of a flag general, what comes to mind? A white or older man. It's not a woman. It's definitely not a woman. It's not a woman. It's 
nine times out of ten, not a person of color. Um, and and then, what board is this for? This is for the MEAC, the Military Economic Advisory Council. Okay. And so then I, when I think of military, I also look at it and I say, hey, I'm working with this amazing woman over here who's a military spouse. You're not even allowed to be a part of that. That's so crazy. So then, so what does this commission do? Can you explain that to the people? Or what, what? so with this this particular commission, yeah. um, in no uncertain words, is like hold on, its duties and responsibilities. Hold up, is to um, hold on. I'll give you the blurb for it because I can give you my own level. Why it's important to me as an entrepreneur and a veteran. Again, it's back to picking your issue. What you're passionate about. Yes. This committee serves as an an advisory capacity to the mayor, the city council, and the city manager to support and strengthen the military's relations with military and federal entities and tenant commands. The committee seeks economic development opportunities with various military and federal commands to engage defense contractors in support of the mission that identifies veterans who may be eligible for employment with businesses in Norfolk and areas of Hampton Road. So it's trying to increase the economic abil- uh, access for military? Yes. And the person that's in charge of the board has to be a what? A flag or a general. Right. And we know that white people have been white. <laughs> older men are typically those people. Yeah. yeah. So, but but when I look at, when I look those at things Those are the like, rules. Right, those yeah. are the rules. And that's just, again, that's just my poison looking at it from a standpoint. One, um, I can't even be on the board because you have to be an E7 or mm-hmm. above, which I got To be even the, on the board? To be, yes. Well, E7 or above. I got out as an E6. Um, um, and then on top of that, if I was a military personnel, I'd have to be a GS-15, which is pretty wild. My my husband's a GS level. That's pretty high. What's GS? GS, um, those are our DOD employees. Okay. So it's it's, it's, it's their ranking in the 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 federal system gotcha. in a sense. So looking at those things, those are things that matter to me mm-hmm. because I do believe that that we do have to be in a business mindset when we're talking about these um, deficiencies, right, or disparities well, between communities. People, uh, the disparities are happening because these people in power are the ones that are determining who has access, and they get to talk to the. That's what like, I'm the saying. And so, them. even so, this is another part of white privilege to me, where privilege comes in. Is okay. So, say that person is a white older male that's in power. He may not even have nefarious intent. No. You know what I'm not saying? Not at all. I think, I don't know, but I would think a lot of times, but that's the problem. They're not aware. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because women of color, women aren't even in their purview. So no. they don't understand that I don't have as much access. And this is what I'm passionate about too as a military spouse. We're underrepresented everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, especially when it comes to the economy and jobs. And so, you know, that's my point is that when we have, when we look at who's in power, they're not always looking to keep people of color down. They're just not even aware. That's half the problem. Mm-hmm. They're not even aware of the disparities, so they yeah. can't even work to change them. Yeah. So my 
the way I look to spend my privilege and what I look at my I look at me spending my privilege doing this podcast is raising awareness and speaking to the people that are in power, the people that be and say, look, like, I don't know if you're aware, but here's the disparities. Here's what's going on. And let me explain why. Mm-hmm. That's why that's where I want to use my voice. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And and then my thing is once I raise that awareness, once I talk about the inequities or the, you know, then it's up to the people in power. There's you know what I mean? Like it's not off me, but I've done what I can. Yeah. And so I would go from that after that awareness piece to me comes the action piece because I do believe in socio-political action in the sense of what is it that what policy because if you hate politics you should love policy I really feel that way is that policy is what allows us to do the very the things that we do on a daily basis yeah. policy is what allow governments and workplaces not to work our children's children to death yeah literally <laughs> policy is what gives us you know um, stop signs and 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 speed bumps and all these different things. It's a policy that we can influence to do some real difference. So when I see these sorts of things, I say, okay, well, first off, yeah, it is that awareness piece. It is saying to my local leadership, um, you know, this could be a problem. You know, this is an, or this is a problem and look at who it's leaving out. Right. And look at what it causes. Look at what it doesn't allow. Look at how it doesn't allow for us to grow and look at who it keeps out of the picture. People that look like me. Right. And then they get to choose whether or not they want to do something about it. But that does not stop me from finding other people like me, um, whether they look like me or not, but that are also feel like, you know, we really probably should make these folks do a, do, do a better job about this because I do believe that there are people in positions that won't do anything until they're held accountable for them. Yeah, 100%. Until they're held accountable. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I say we it's cannot be It's beyond awareness, too. It yeah. is a beyond awareness because it's, and that's what I was, I was thinking even as I process that, but even once I make someone aware, it's like mm-hmm. still being the bug in their ear. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like really just never shutting up about this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, that's why it always, that's why it matters to me. And you spoke to something very important um, earlier is is that yes we can we can bring these things up and there could be people in place that do absolutely nothing about them right but you do have a power and a vote yeah and so yeah putting yourself in a position to take some sort of again I'm, I'm a firm believer in local action but then taking that a step forward and saying you know are my local leaders um, for or against true um, access yeah. and equity and really breaking down the the pillars of um, white supremacy yeah. of white and I'm not going to say the pillars of white but structural um, um, what structural racism yeah can we do that can yeah. we do that? And there are all there are things. Pick your poison. But you mentioned earlier too. Again, I think the two biggest ones is um, school. Yep, is a huge piece of it. Yeah, it's a huge piece of it. And then how we break up our city, where we decide to invest zoning. Yeah. Well, yeah. it takes a lot of paying attention to. Yeah. And I pick your poison. You pick your poison. And I would say this is like my so what now. What I think is mm-hmm. like. I think, well, one, I can't underestimate. You listened, so if you listen to the first one, you know what white privilege is. Hopefully mm-hmm. now you know what to do with it, what to do with your white privilege. Yeah. So I would say pick one of the ones that we just said because we threw yeah. a lot out you. But also I think I'd like to say is don't be overwhelmed because I feel like 
I feel like like you sometimes because even when I do this work in this podcast, I'm like, this is impossible. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think you listen in and you're like, oh my God, me as a white person, there's no way I can I have very little privilege. I, I have a lot of privilege, but I love I don't feel like I have a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. But don't underestimate how much power you have. Yeah. You know? And I would say my my now what is paying attention to local politics. Like you and I are always I think people know this by now, huge proponents of paying attention to what happens locally. Yeah. And I, and I would say my so what is, is that um, so what, we need to know that everyone's not going to be in board, on board with everybody yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. right? And, and they certainly have that right to not give a damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But if you're in the business of, as Christina says, uh, being in a growth mindset, then you, then you, then you have almost uh, this sort of moral obligation, but we're not here to hold anyone to a moral code. That's mm-hmm. my soul. Ed, is that that's not what I'm. I'm not here to do that. I I feel like I, my job is to bring, like you said, awareness to these things and let you choose what you're going to do. Yeah, exactly. And now what is in that in that choosing? Um, hopefully, you choose a, a a thing, something, or you choose something that grows your own backyard for the better, and that means ensuring that everybody has not just the ability but the means and the um the opportunity i guess i keep saying i I guess i said that around not just the opportunity but the means to show up Mm. and it can be overwhelming but every issue is not your issue right i believe that there's something for everyone to work on right yeah you don't have to every issue is not your issue right and it can't be yeah you can't do everything you 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 simply cannot right um but local is where it's at and where you see that in your first neighborhood yeah in your own neighborhood and in our city we just happen to have civic leagues which are community organizations yeah. where you can get involved and see the change in your own community so, so if you live here you are, go to your civic league yeah if you live in our area civic leagues but for the people yeah i would be very interested to hear the people in south africa that are listening the people in germany and ireland that are listening what is it that you guys have that allows people to show up yeah that's um, interesting in, in, in different part because you may have things or ide- ideas or ways that you move forward that may help us here in America and Absolutely. in Canada too yeah um, so those you guys who listen to yeah, Canada I like that like, I'm glad you shout out those yeah people. tell us yeah kind of tell us what yeah what does it look like what does it look like in your neighborhood in yeah. your neighborhood yeah wow that was a good one yeah so Whew. As always, the one thing that we ask you guys to do is... Stay open, stay curious. And make it a great day closer to history. I like it. Oh, I should have said bye. Oh. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) They get the idea. Yeah. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Pop Culture Gourmet Popcorn. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs>